again, again for the third, fourth, fifth time. I'm so glad that you're here today. And uh, I especially want to thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I, I just especially want to talk to the moms today. Now, I, I said earlier that we have spiritual mothers. I mean, there are some women who don't have uh, natural children, but they have spiritual children. And I think that you're part of this uh, celebration. So don't ever think that you're a, an outcast on Mother's Day. You're not at all. I would say to you that God has blessed us so amazingly that I have more spiritual children than I do natural children. And, uh, and, and they are very, very dear to me like my natural children. So there's not a big difference uh, as you might would think. But today I want to share with you um, on this Mother's Day a message called Builders Together with Jesus. Uh, and I, I want to address this in particular to the moms that you are builders together with Jesus. Now, if you're a dad here, you, there's something in it for you because you can say, yes, I'm a builder also together with Jesus, perhaps not in exactly the same way, but you are. I want to read um, from Ruth chapter 4, and I want to, to start with my, my th uh, thesis scriptures or my thesis sentences. Uh, normally we have a thesis sentence, but this is, these are several. It says in uh, Luke, I'm sorry, M Ruth, not Luke, Ruth 4.11, the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. It's the same place. May your house be like the house of Pettis. Pettis, or Perez, as sometimes we say, uh, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. And we find that this scripture uh, directs our attention to uh, Ruth, but firstly we take a look at two women that the elders in Bethlehem said, these two women built the house of Israel. I find that very, very exciting. I find it amazing and all, all those words, even perhaps astonishing, that the elders of the city of Bethlehem uh, ascribe the building of Israel to Rachel and Leah. Uh, let us look at, we'll now start by going to verse 1, uh, and we are, I've entitled this section, The Kinsman Redeemer the kinsman redeemer. There was a law in Israel that you could redeem those that you were related to. And you have to understand that this is, yes, true historically in Israel, but it was pointing to Jesus Christ. It was pointing to God becoming a person, a man. Uh, that's what it was pointing to. And this is a beautiful story uh, in the book of Ruth. Beginning at verse 1, it says now, and I, I'm taking it, uh, this story in the middle. Uh, let me give you a little background before I start reading verse 1. Uh, what had happened, there was a woman named Naomi who had, who had left uh, with her husband uh, going into Moab during hard times in, in Israel or in Bethlehem. She had left the house of bread and she had gone uh, into another country trying to find a better life, and things did not get better. They grew worse for Naomi. Uh, she had uh, left uh, Israel with a wonderful attitude, a vivacious woman, 
but she, in uh, the land of Moab, she lost her husband. He died. And uh, her two sons had married uh, Moabite women, and the two boys died. And things were not good in, in uh, Moab for them, and they were leaving. Now, her two daughter-in-laws decided they would go uh, to uh, Israel with her uh, to Bethlehem. So Naomi said, basically, uh, I don't have anything to give you girls, you, you, you young women. You need to go back. And uh, uh, Orpah went back. Uh, to her people in Moab, but Ruth said, uh, as I paraphrase, I'm not going to leave you. Uh, uh, nothing but death is going to separate us. I, wherever you go, I'm going to go, and, and uh, your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. I'm not going to leave you. Then there's nothing you can say to make me leave you. That's a little of these Texas in it. And so uh, Ruth stayed with her, Now we got, and they were poor in Bethlehem. They were, uh, Ruth would go out to glean that is, she would try to find some grains and barley um, from, the, um, from what the, the threshers left. And so this man, Boaz, who was an older man, uh, saw her and he said to his workers, uh, leave some on purpose for that woman, that girl, that young woman. Leave, drop some wherever you see her gleaning. Drop some on purpose. And so we find that God, through Boaz, uh, blessed her purposefully. And uh, so the, the, our theme here is that uh, God is going to bless uh, this woman, Rachel, like he blessed the two women who built the house of Israel. Now let's look at verse 1. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, a close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, come aside, friend, sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And so what Boaz had done, he had gone to the gate where all business matters were taken uh, care of there. And uh, what Boaz had done, by the way, he had found that Ruth had basically laid at his feet. And when she laid at his feet uh, as he was threshing, uh, he uncovered, he was surprised to see her there. And uh, so what she basically said is that, uh, I want you to redeem uh, what uh, my husband had. So what he, would, he was going to do now is marry her. So what he wants to do now is talk to another person who is a closer kin than, than uh, he is. So he goes to, uh, to see whether or not he will redeem uh, Naomi's property. And of course, he would have to marry uh, Naomi and, or um, Ruth. So verse 10 says, And he took ten men of the elders of the city and sat down and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. Or if you'll buy it back, buy it back. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. So Boaz really wanted to marry this young woman, but he, and so he methodically talked to the closer relative, and he said, if you want to redeem it, redeem it. Um, but if you, don't, if you do not redeem it, will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz very strategically said to him in verse 5, 
on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess. Now, now of, of course, if you know anything about biblical history, uh, that was not too well thought of. And so he says, you're going to have to buy it from uh, the Ruth, Ruth, the Moabitess, so uh, you're going to have a relationship with her. You're going to have to marry her. He says, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And also, you're going to have to raise up children, whatever uh, offspring come from Ruth, they're going to be uh, Mahalans, uh, not, uh, not yours. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I ruin my own inheritance. We don't know specifically uh, why he was saying that, but obviously there was some complication. He says, you redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Verse 7 says, now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in Israel. And so in the gate, in the, in the presence of all the elders, this unnamed uh, kinsman redeemer took his shoe off and, uh, and, and, and gave it to Boaz as, as though to say to Boaz, uh, you can, uh, the, everything where you walk on that property belongs to you. And it was witnessed there by the elders of Israel. Verse 8 says, therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal and Boaz said to the elders of all the people, You are a witness this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the uh, hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate, your witnesses this day. I, I, I love this story because I think it speaks through to me of all mothers on Mother's Day. And I want to read again the, the, uh, the main point of this message, beginning in verse 11. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. All of the people and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. So I find it so wonderful because what you find here, he says, may the Lord make you, uh, your house, like Rachel. Rachel was barren, and Ruth had lived in Moab and was barren. She did not have children. So he says, may, and then later, Rachel be, uh, became fertile and had children. She had Joseph and, and Benjamin. She had children. And so he says, may the Lord make you like that woman. So you've not had children, but may the Lord do the same for you as Rachel. And notice he brings them into a, a particular context. He says, I want you, we want you, the elders and all the witnesses, we want you to be like Rachel. Rachel was one of the two women who built the house of, of Israel, and like Leah. So you, you may be a, a woman who doesn't have children, but God can make you fertile, naturally and spiritually. So you, you will have more children sometimes of the woman who is married. And so he says also, may he make you like Leah. So Leah was the kind of woman who was not really loved. She was not loved. So these were two 
women who did not have the best of situations or circumstances, but God blessed them mightily, and they are spoken of in the Scripture. So I find that, that very interesting that now God used Rachel, a, woman, a barren woman, Leah, a woman who wasn't loved, you know, and, and don't raise your hand, but if you ever, ever felt unloved, you know, then you're in a perfect position to be used of God. If you felt like you've, you've not been a producer, then God's eye is upon you. And that's what I find in this scripture. So amazing to me. And he says, may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And so he sings to, to the man who will look upon this uh, woman, a despised woman, because Ruth is both a barren and a despised woman. She is both uh, what Rachel and lay a word together. And so he says, now, because you've done this, Boaz, may the Lord um, prosper you in Ephrathah, and may you be famous in Bethlehem, the same city, but be, that may you prosper and be famous. So sometimes we look at, at things and we look at them naturally and we think, well, uh, this is a perfect situation and I want to lay hold of a perfect situation. But God is saying, no, you don't have to do that. I am a perfect God who will make a situation perfect for you. Amen. Amen. That's what God is saying to us. And then, uh, if you'll allow me, in verse 12, I want to say Pettis. You know, we say Perez, but Pettis. Uh, Pettis. So may May your house be like the house of Pettis, whom Tamar bore to Judah. And, and notice these brothers uh, had their history down. You know, we need our history. We need our history, not some jaundiced, uh, a diseased view of history, but real history. We need to know history. We need to know our history with God. I like to tell people that when you come to, to Jesus Christ and you are saved, you enter not into uh, something that's, un that's questionable, but you enter into the history of God. That's exactly what you do. You can't come into a family and not be a part of the family. So when you come in, you, you enter into the history of God. And these men knew their history. And they said, may your house be like the house of Pettis. And by the Holy Spirit, they say some wonderful things, whom Tamar, or Tamar, bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Now notice what he says. May your house be like the house of Pettis, because Pettis was uh, the son of Judah and Tamar. Tamar was married to Judah's oldest son, and uh, the oldest son was a bad guy, and uh, as the scripture says the Lord killed him. And uh, so whatever that means, whether the Lord allowed him to die or whatever, didn't, didn't uh, build a fence around him, but, but allowed him to die. And so Judah gave Tamar to the second brother, Onan. And so this man said, I don't want to raise up seed to my brother. And so when he, went, when he married her, he would not do what would consummate. He, he, even though when he would go into her, he would, not, he would make sure that no seed were in her womb. He would make sure. And so God saw that as wickedness, and he slew him. And so uh, Judah had thought, well, I'm not going to give this girl to my young boy. I've got one son left. I'm not going to give him. So Judah did an unrighteous thing. Yeah, Judah did an unrighteous thing. And so what Tamar did, she went to her house as a widow. He was supposed to give the boy when he grew up. She was supposed to give her to him as a wife, but Judah did not do that. So one day Judah was out there shearing his sheep, taking care of his sheep, 
and uh, he saw a woman. He was not a married man. His wife had died. And he saw this, this woman. He thought she was a prostitute. God doesn't hide this stuff, does he? You know, we, we hide stuff. God just tells it. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. God tells it, and your conscience will tell it. I tell you, you know, when, you, when your conscience is pricked before God, it'll blab on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't, don't think your conscience is your buddy. So, so here... <laughs> so, so here is Tamar. So she dresses up like she is a, a, a prostitute, and she's in the way. She covers her face with a veil, and she's sitting all there so seductively. And uh, so Judah sees her, and he says, well, my wife is gone, and, uh, and this is my chance. Nobody's watching, but God was watching. And uh, he took her aside, and so she asked for a, a sign. Because he says, uh, I'll send you. Uh, some, uh, a goat later. Uh, it, was, it was like a barter system, right? And I'll, if you'll sleep with me, I'll s- send you a, 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 little go- a goat later for you. And, you know, and so she said, well, give me, give me something. So he gave her a pledge, a signet, and some other things, and a, uh, whatever that thing's called, staff. And, 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 and he gave that to her. Thank you. Anyway, so uh, she kept that. And so after the, the act was over, uh, she, she left with that. And so he sent the goat back by one of his workers, but, but she, they couldn't find her. And the young men in that area said, there's no prostitute here. There's no prostitute here. And so later on, he found out that this girl, Tamar, was pregnant. And, uh, and he's trying to hide, oh God, how do I hide my sin? And so, uh, because she had the things. And so he, he said, well, bring her here and, and let me, I'm gonna, we're gonna burn her. We're gonna destroy this woman. She's played the harlot. And so she said, she said, well, the man I'm pregnant by owns these. And, and so she, she had, Judah would say, oh, wow, she's more righteous than I. So, so now what these elders are doing, they know their history. And so they are saying, and may your house be like this house. This, this, this despised woman, the woman that was mistreated, was not treated right. Can you get that? Can any of y'all identify with me or know somebody? Or y'all know somebody? All right. He said, he said uh, uh, let, let me, um, God is saying, let me take this, this young woman who was despised, who was cast aside, who was seen as nothing, was not worthy of, of the, the, the promise that God had told them that, that if your brother dies, you raise up children, your brother. They didn't think she, Judah didn't think she was worthy of that. And uh, God used her to bear twins, Pettis and Zerah. And what happened with them, was the, the other baby tried to would come out, so the, the, the uh, midwife t- tied a red uh, little cord around, a little string around it, and then at the, at the time, Pettis, you got to watch Pettis, right? Because Pettis, what Pettis did, he just pulled Zira back, and he came out of the womb first. And so he said it was a breach. He, he just, no, I want to be first. And so, and not only that, but God blessed them. Now notice, this was a, a Gentile and a despised woman. And we know the history. We know God told them not to marry. But God, God said that for a particular purpose. We don't have time to go into all of that. But he blessed Tamar. He blessed Tamar because her family grew powerfully and they moved to Bethlehem, uh, which is the house of bread. Now, these elders are comparing uh, the baby that will be born to Ruth, to, to Pettis. And he says, uh, may your house be like the house of Pettis 
whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. And he's talking about the offspring that God is going to give Ruth, uh, give Boaz from Ruth. And he's speaking of an offspring, perhaps Obed, who was the, the son that was born. Maybe they were meaning Obed, but God was meaning somebody greater. God was talking about David, the, the, uh, his uh, young ruddy boy who became king of Israel, but then he was talking even more about the greater David, Jesus Christ. Yeah, from a despised woman, from a woman that was looked down upon, from a woman who had had a difficult, a difficult life. I mean, don't complain so much about your difficult life. You know, here you are living in America, you know, you know, even if we, we, we don't have totally ideal situations, but it's better than what's out there. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, you've got air-conditioned church. You know, you have air-conditioned homes. You know, you got good beds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, good cars to drive in. Got climate control in your cars. Climate control in your homes. Wearing clothes the kings didn't, didn't have years ago. You know, let's stop complaining. God's for you anyway. Are you with me? God's for you. So I, wanna, I would like to firmly establish for us today that your present condition does not divine, define your God-ordained position. Your, your condition does not define your God-ordained position. Both Ray and Leah had unenviable conditions. They both had. Rachel was barren, Leah was unloved. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the Lord used both of them to build the house of Israel in spite of their negative conditions. And God will do the same for you. God will do the same for you. Do you believe? That's what we have to do. We have to come into a place of belief. But your conditions cannot limit God. Your conditions cannot limit God. doesn't matter what they are. In, in, in Genesis, we see uh, chapter 38, the story I've recited to you about uh, Judah and Tamar. She was the mistreated. She was the mistreated, gave birth uh, to a powerful person, Pettis, who is in the earthly lineage of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You know, we, we talk about some things sometimes without understanding, but God uh, has... Has, has fixed this thing where there are Gentiles in the lineage of Jesus. There are women, Gentile women in the lineage of Jesus. Gentile women, no Gentile men. Gentile women. Are you here, women? Yeah, no men. I don't know what I'm going to preach on Father's Day. So, so, so here, he says, I think uh, your success... Uh, depends not upon your view of your accomplishment, but upon what the Lord says about you. That's what your, your success depends on, what the Lord says about you, not what others are saying about you. It depends on not on what, what, where you were born or what you were born into. It depends on what God says about you. When the elders spoke uh, fertility to Ruth, God heard them. God heard them. And so we find then that 
uh, the scripture teaches us that, that if the Lord doesn't build a house, they labor in vain to build it. So the questions that you and I must ask, did the Lord build through us? Because the Lord, it wasn't just Leah and Ruth, who, uh, Rachel rather, and uh, Leah that built the house of Israel. Because the Bible says that if the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. So we find that it, it was God's hands upon those two women that really built the house of Israel. And God's hand is upon you. The questions we must ask are, did the Lord build through us? We must, ask, we must ask, was our work the work of God? So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many dollars you have or whatever property you have. What matters at the end of the day is, was God using you? Jesus says that the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. So the Father works through believers, a believer's faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for Jesus. So it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in, sisters, ladies. It doesn't matter if God is for you, who can be against you? We don't look at natural things. God is for you. God is for you. And so let, let's look at Psalm 127 uh, very quickly. And verses the, uh, one through five, and I think we'll understand a little bit better how God built this, uh, the house of Israel through these two women, one barren and the other unloved. Unloved. You know, if God loves you and if God receives you, I think that's better than somebody uh, rejecting you. I mean, if God is for you, come on. So let's look at the scripture, Psalm 127, uh, first five verses. Or, or, or one through five. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, to eat the bread of sorrows, ladies. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Beloved children, I mean, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like heirs in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And this psalm, psalm here, written obviously later, is a, so applicable to Boaz, this older man who probably ne never thinks he's going to be married, is now, ma is now married to this Moabitess girl, and God's hands upon his marriage. He has been a kinsman redeemer. He has brought her in, and God is saying, okay, I'm going to come through the earth, Boaz, through your seed. I mean, it's just, God is just so amazing. It, we have to look at things not naturally, but the way God looks at them. And so... Um, the author here is saying that it's vain to attempt things without the Lord. That's what the author of this psalm is saying. It, it, it's futile to attempt things without the Lord. Builders work on a house in vain unless the Lord builds it. So you can be working on your family without the Lord, and your family will amount to nothing. You, can, you work on your family with God's blessing, and even though it looks like everything is going uh, to blow up, you find that it didn't blow up at all, because the end is better than the beginning or in the, in the between. 
And so he says also that watchmen guard or watch in vain unless the Lord watches also. And being anxious over one's labor and working long hours is in vain unless the Lord is there. So what do we find out? We find here that work done independently of God will be unproductive. Whatever you're doing independently of God, doesn't matter how many principles you use, it's going to eventually be unproductive. But a person who trusts in the Lord will find their rest and their solace in Him. Amen? Amen? Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm almost to a close now. Are you, do you believe that? Uh, thank you for the amen. Okay, let's, let's talk about the women's blessing in uh, Ruth 4.13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went in to her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Isn't that just like God? Here's a barren woman and an older man, and they come together, and God gives them a child. Wow. Then the women said to Naomi, and notice they, they talked to Naomi because uh, it was Naomi's property. It was Naomi's daughter-in-law. They talked to this older woman, Naomi. Sometimes in some places, uh, we just discard the older people. And that's where God puts a lot of wisdom in older people. You know, I love this church because we have people of all ages. But some people just want to be around young people. And that's a mistake. Because you, you, you need the wisdom of the agent, right? Come on, somebody who's over 50 ought to say amen. <laughs> so then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. What a blessing. You know, God has not left you without a close relative. When I look at this church here, and churches all around the world, believers, God has not left us without a close relative. We were in an unredeemable place, but God became a man, became a close relative, became a kinsman redeemer, became like us so he could redeem us. That, that's what this is speaking of. Amen. On this wonderful Mother's Day. God has not left you this day without a close relative. And may that close relative's name be famous in Israel. You know what our goal is at, at, at this fellowship? Our goal is to make sure that the whole world knows who Jesus is and what he has done. We want the name of Jesus to be famous, not hidden in a closet. It's, it's amazing what he has said in this scripture. And, and she, the, the, the women are not through blessing Naomi. And they said in verse 15, And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Wow. Isn't that amazing? This one girl, a Moabitess, a despised woman, she is better than you, to you than if you had had seven boys. And seven boys meant you had, you had strength coming in seven ways, and they were able to take care of you, work and protect you. They were your nursing home. They were your, 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 your food stamps. <laughs> whatever, that, whatever that was. That was that for you, but she said, this girl is better than seven of them. Wow. I'm not trying to endear myself to you. You already love me. But I'm just saying that God is for you. It doesn't matter how bad your situation has been. 
and, and she's saying, and, uh, and this uh, Boaz was a, is a nourisher, he's a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. God will not forget you. God will not forget you. Jesus is your restorer of life. You and I lost life in the first Adam, but Jesus restored it. He's given us abundant life, a super abundant life. He's given us eternal joy life, life that cannot be taken away, that cannot be extinguished by trials or difficulty. That's amazing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And uh, verse 16 says, Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. This older woman who is now past childbearing, and now she has a little baby through Ruth, and she's taking care of him. Also, the neighbor women came, uh, gave him rather a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. So Naomi, who, who had come back in bitterness and, and was so... Uh, let down by, by life situation. Now the women are saying there is a son born to her, to Naomi. So Naomi gets credit for what she didn't actually do. She didn't have the labor pains, but she got credit for it. Is that good? That's good. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. I'm not going to try to go through the other, but when you look in the New Testament in Matthew, you see Jesus' lineage through Joseph, and through Joseph, he, uh, is, it comes through Solomon. So Jesus, the, as it were, adopted son of Joseph, beca- uh, had a right to sit on David's throne. And through his mom, Mary, and Luke, then he... You find his genealogy through Luke comes, goes back to David and, of course, eventually to this boy, Abed, uh, uh, this uh, man, uh, Obed. It goes, obviously, back to him through David. And you find that, that through Mary, Jesus' lineage goes through Nathan to David. So I think it is an amazing blessing that God does something. So I end with this scripture uh, for all of you ladies. In Isaiah 54, uh, verse 1, he says, he says, and, and a portion of verse 2, he says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, this has been good to be with you today. And I trust that you've gotten something out of this. If you're a woman here today and uh, you have been mistreated, you've undergone mistreatment, that's not, that's not the final answer. That's not God's final answer to you. And I, w- I would like for all of us to stand, especially you ladies, and just give you a blessing today. I want to just give you a blessing in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the women who are here today. We just bless them in the name of the Lord. We bless these moms, whether they are natural moms or spiritual moms. We bless them. And those who have been mistreated, those who have been despised, those who haven't been appreciated, we speak on a new appreciation because you are for them. 
And if you are for them, who can be against them? I pray that every woman would take a, a look, a different a look at herself, uh, rather not looking to herself, not looking to those around her, but looking to you, you who are the maker, the finisher of all things. So I want to thank you today for what you have done in their lives and the promises you've made them. Let them take hold of that. In Jesus' name, amen.